0: This is the Black Creative Handbook with your host Cassandra Lauren Gordon. This podcast will help to inspire, motivate and give that blueprint the manual for success for people in the creative businesses, for people from the African and Black diaspora to help us just move along, get that bag, and no more starving artist syndrome. No, out the door, co-work with us. Be with us and be successful and get the gems. You might have heard in the podcast or you're gonna hear it soon that this was called the Creative For You podcast, don't worry about that, it's created For You. Let's be successful and be positive. This is the Create For You podcast with your jeweller Cassandra Gordon and I am here with Shilpa. Shilpa, okay. So what do you do?
1: So Cassandra, I'm a florist. So we do flowers for weddings and events. Uh, our focus is on sustainability and luxury floral design.
0: Oh, amazing. I love sustainability. It's amazing. So we're going to hopefully talk about that later. So as the format... In- in this podcast we always want to know the human first before the business even though you're all in intertwine. so what i'm going to ask you is what advice would you give to your 18 year old self
1: gosh um i think patience be patient i know it sounds cliche but rome wasn't built in a day and i'm a very impatient person and things all good things take time takes time to build a business definitely
0: Okay. Could you uh, um, elaborate on that? Because I'm a bit impatient when it comes to business. I'm patient sometimes with people, but with my business, I'm not. So can you give some advice there?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things I've learned is a bit, well, an important thing is that businesses are all about relationships and it takes time as it does to build a relationship with your partner, with your family members. You know, business relationships are exactly the same. You know, you need to put in the time, you need to be friendly, you need to check on how people are doing, how you can help them. Uh, follow up is a key thing I've learned as well. Again, a really important thing we do with our clients is send them, you know, thank you cards, greeting cards, one year anniversary cards, um, and just keeping them in mind and showing them that we care. So uh, relationships and, and relationships take time, hence the
0: Okay, thank you for that. Um, I just want to know what are you curious about right now?
1: I am curious about whole online world
0: there are all sorts of things including
1: zoom that I wasn't aware about before and how we might be able to help people or get our message out there or get people to find us there's so many exciting uh, apps and ways of working now that I I need to look into So definitely curious about the online world okay
0: so what would you have wished when you first started out in floral design and, and, and your business what would you wish to know like at the start? Uh,
1: I wish someone had told me about the importance of networking, definitely. So uh, I mistakenly thought all I had to do was be good at flowers and be good at designing and, you know, really love my job. But uh, actually going out and getting clients, networking was a real key for me. So uh, finding all these groups online, uh, other businesses in similar situations, building relationships, uh, and just realizing that business was a thing in itself aside from the flowers, so having skill in that's one one thing, but you know business and networking uh keeping in contact with people, adding value those are all things I wish I'd sort of been to business school perhaps in hindsight, yeah,
0: <laughs> I was talking to someone about it yesterday, cause i I think I'm similar to you, where I thought being a jeweler, making great jewelry, making people happy was one, but for a business yeah. who to survive. Is you know is get the people to see you and Absolute and yeah visibility is key visibility is key okay so let's go into how you started your business what made you get into the floral design world
1: yeah so as we were saying before i, I used to be a doctor um i'd always had a creative side and i was in a sort of job where you know there wasn't any time to pursue any outside interest so i sort of left abruptly uh and i did every single creative course i could find after that tattooing calligraphy floral design and the course i happened to do was a flowers business course which i wasn't expecting and they gave me lots of great business advice they were a big company that did the flowers for the Oscars parties so they really showed me the kind of glamorous and high-end side of flowers and i I was really taken by it and i thought i want to give this a go so all started with that so um
0: Flowers and business course would start. See, there you go. And then how you progressed and flying ever, ever since. So, how do you give value to your clients? Because people think flowers, but how, why should people yeah. work with you?
1: Absolutely, good question. Because there are obviously lots of people that supply flowers out there and flowers are beautiful in their own self. So, how do we add? To that, And one of the things we do is we always try and give a little bit extra. So, for example, uh, with our wedding clients, uh, some of our brides, we give them just as an unexpected gift. We give them a hand-drawn illustration of their wedding bouquet on the day and they get that two weeks after and that's done by an artist that I work with. Uh, We always send them a congratulations card with their wedding bouquet on the day. with some of our other clients for example our hotels and restaurants we always do again we're big on art and illustration do hand-drawn illustrations uh with their uh premises in the background so they can that's something they can frame and they can also have an idea of exactly what it's gonna, going to look like instead of sending them uh pictures from google and saying you know you need to imagine that but in front of your restaurant we do a hand-drawn illustration that shows them exactly what they're what they're getting and again same with, same with our clients, follow-ups always nice, so we always send our bridal clients a, a one-year happy anniversary card and check how they're getting on uh, and see if there's anything else we can help them with.
0: Okay, it sounds like you're really good at keeping in touch and being, you know, consistent in people's lives and building that relationship. It's not just a one, you get, you know, the money, it's like, it's an ongoing life kind of situation. Yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely, and if you've been with them at their wedding, that is a major event in their life. Mm. So you know you've been at one of their biggest life events, and it's really nice. And they're always glad to hear from you when you when you say
0: hello a year later. Okay, I'm getting some tips here. i some tips. So I'm writing I'm right down as we speak. This okay. is great. This is a great, great <laughs> thing. Okay, so it's interesting what you said. How you give value, but how do you make it memorable? So when they're like, they say, okay, I remember. So you all talk about like, you give the lovely hand drawing um, sketches and pictures and you give it extra, but how do they just like, wow, you made the day or you made the event?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things we often get comments on, as well as, you know, the hand-drawn items are nice, and we chose those because flowers, though beautiful, are perishable, and that's not something that they can keep forever. Um, we do, you know, so the the drawings are a nice idea if it's something that's permanent. Uh, the other thing we do is we always order for all our clients 10% extra with the flowers, so to allow for breakages and things like that and we often don't use that extra 10% so what we try to do with that 10% is create them an extra arrangement that they're not expecting and usually go all out with that and something very special and we usually get a wow from that and we, we get lots of comments online about that sort of thing and again it's it's just giving them something unexpected that adds to their decor on the day and also it's a nice way to use the spare flowers if we haven't used them.
0: Wow. And that's amazing, so less, less wastage, isn't it? So it helps out yeah, for everybody, definitely. and they get something out of the extra. Wow, I'm writing down tips. How can I do that? <laughs> okay. So who are your typical clients?
1: So our typical clients are people who are they're typically Londoners uh, who love fashion. So we're a very fashion-forward brand. The way we approach our floral design is to look at what's going on with the catwalks, uh, what colors are in uh, and also what's seasonal so we try not to do very traditional twee arrangements most of our, we try to make our flowers look as if they're growing out from wherever they are growing out from up from the staircase the center of the table down the wall um, so almost like they're uh, pieces of art or floral installations rather than uh, just bouquets or arrangements, and we, we definitely derive a lot of our ideas from magazines and catwalks and uh, images that our clients send us um, so that's that's really how we sort of do that
0: okay, interesting. I never heard of a fashion forward um floral design kind like brand i never, I never thought about that that that's so so interesting. How did you come up with that? Is it just something to make you different and add more value? How does that come across?
1: I think. Well, I think it comes from not being a traditionally trained florist. So, if if you'd gone to a floral, you know, uh, diploma, if you have done a floral diploma, then you probably you're you've got that ingrained the traditional ways of making what goes with what, which is all very good as well. But um, coming at it from a different angle, I'm coming at it more from a design angle. So, I'm thinking. Uh, more, you know, what sort of colors and shapes go together well, uh, what shape do we want to create in this area, and, and that's, and flowers are huge in fashion at the moment, they always have been, and I got to get a lot of my inspiration from that, and I think that's, again, why we uh, appeal largely to a L- uh, London and very multicultural market, because, again, they're looking at the same sorts of images, uh, looking at similar things on Instagram, and thinking about how they can really make their events stand out.
0: Okay. So you said multicultural, just yeah. to put it out in the universe, I guess we'll be yeah. seen as very multicultural people. So what do you mean uh, multicultural? Who are you like the the, the the multicultural clients, the typical ethnicities or nationalities you work with?
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll, work, with any, we'll mm. work with anybody who likes sunflowers. So, um, but typically, again, because I have an Asian background, um, you know, uh, most of my clients tend to be, uh, either mixed race couples or, um, ethnic couples or, but we do all sorts of weddings. Um, mm. but what we're very good at is. I think understanding other cultures because we are a very multicultural company uh, and understanding that perhaps people will have certain flowers that they want to source that aren't so easy to source and we're able to get hold of those because we've got the experience in that now and certain flowers perhaps in weddings are not acceptable or have bad connotations, uh, certain colours that you shouldn't be wearing or should be wearing and we're very aware of those and we can also advise people as well because Obviously for most people this is their first wedding and they may not be aware of themselves that you don't want to offend them guests and things. So we, yeah, we yeah, in terms of design as well, we're very multicultural and try and bring those influences in. Often we have clients who want to bring in fruits into their floral displays and all sorts of things because that's from where they're from, that's, that's something that reminds them of home.
0: Wow. I didn't think about this you you blow my mind with flowers and how I see things I usually see things in a very I traditional so. fl- florist way um but yeah, yeah. I, ne- I don't think it's such like a an art form I just I just never really um paid attention to it uh, but me, now and I
1: think I think this you know only limited really by what's in your mind it's like any other form of art it's you it's just your medium is flowers so you can build as big or as small as you like delicate as you like Uh, colors can be bright or subtle or muted so it's just thinking of it as another medium in which you can create something
0: i hear you okay i've got it i got it now so i'm gonna ask this random question because my brain is a bit like random um how what happens to all the flowers after the the event what happens to them yeah so uh when The clients purchase the flowers,
1: they belong to them to take home. So anything they want to take home, they can do that. And we give them advice on how to care for them at home. So our flowers are all fresh for our events. So when they take those home, they should get another at least week to 10 days out of them. So that's nice. It reduces waste that way. Anything that's not usable, we take for composting. Uh, Flowers that our clients, and sometimes we have hundreds and thousands of flowers and our clients don't want to take them all home, understandably. We work with a charity called Floral Angels, who are based at the flower market in Boxall. So we'll take any unused but good-looking flowers to them, uh, and they pick them up and their volunteers make them into bouquets and take them on to hospices. So, again, your flowers are just getting an extended piece of
0: life that way. I'm so happy to hear that because I've been to events yeah, And I just see the big plastic bag. I'm like, what are oh, you doing? So and so also...
1: I'm such a shame.
0: I know. And also, you know, sometimes I take some of the flowers home um, because yeah. I want to give it a new lease of life. And sometimes, because maybe I'm out, I don't have the time, or I, I'm on, on public transport, it's just a bit awkward. Yeah. And it's just so great that you thought about not ethical but, but the sustainability uh you know of the flowers is not yes. just for that event that memory can live on that you know it, it has it has a, di- a different home so I was, i'm so relieved from my personal perspective to hear that um because it's I, I when i see those plastic bags i'm just like oh oh yeah heartbreaking it's heartbreaking or can i donate them to a, a hospital but i'm thinking hold on <laughs> maybe i can't give it to a hospital <laughs> oh,
1: not. i mean flowers are luxury items and i forget Sometimes, because being around them all myself, that, that some, you know, for a lot of people, that isn't a normal thing to have in the home. And they are so happy to see those when they get given them. So it's nice. And a lot of our clients like to know that, that their flowers are going on to somebody else because they, you know, they don't want to spend all that money and, and to think that they might be going in plastic bags. So, yes. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a way that we found that seems to work quite well
0: perfect great great to hear so how do people find you i mean like is it as you said you do your networking face to face or online how do they see you or oh, visibility yes.
1: in terms of uh so word of mouth is very important for us a lot of our prior wedding clients will refer us on to their friends and family networking is a good one so we go to a lot of pr and fashion and launch party type events where we meet People who are interested in the flowers, or they 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 use flowers quite a lot anyway, and that's how we get our clients online. Um, our, we do a lot of flower arranging classes, Christmas wreath making classes. At the moment, we're running online terrarium making classes, and those, uh, due to being on Eventbrite, are quite visible in themselves, and that often leads people to us, and then they see the other things that we do. So the classes are very visible online, and then those then direct them to the website where
0: they might see that we do other things and they keep us in mind for that. Okay. okay. Oh, so it just seems like you really are interactive um, with um, people and, you yes. know, and, they, and they can learn from you from your, your, from your classes. And very, very personable and very, very approachable. Okay, cool. I'm just learning a lot. I feel like I should have met you when I started jewelry ages ago. I mean, you know, it's so refreshing to do this because you think you have all the answers when you work, and you're like, no. People do things differently and in a, in a better way. And um, I think I said to you before offline, on you know, I do see myself as an ethical jeweller. So when you said about what you do and it makes like an instant connection for me um, because being aware of our environment and what you do, because I'm just going to be honest, like the jewellery industry or fashion industry can be yeah. can be seen very problematic. Yeah. And. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. I'm just going to go off topic for two, a second. It's just like a lot of people don't know. It's like it's about the supply chain. And it's very tricky <laughs> to really vouch for the supply chain when you're not in the country of where the stone is, uh, where the gold is mined. Um, so when people expect this high level, like I want it to be ethical and this, like, I, you can get ethical. But are yeah. you willing to pay for the traceability and that's a different yeah. argument, yeah. but I'm always promoting it. So I, I'm just I'm just so glad that I met someone who has a very yeah. um, similar kingship of mind about um, sustainability yeah. and ethical ways D- of D- doing D- things. I,
1: I think as long as, you know, we offer the options mm-hmm. uh, and it's becoming increasingly important to clients, they really think about it now. Um, and oddly, because of the pandemic, people are seeing how, you know, reducing emissions it's really helping the environment it's really key in people's mindset. so i think it's great that you and i both offer the option and like you said people can choose if they want to go down that road
0: but
1: and i think it's going to be increasingly important to people. i
0: don't know about you but um what i'm finding is like maybe Andrew is a bit trickier um but people have different budgets right yes. so someone might not be able to be 100% ethical because of budget-wise or whatever constraints they have and ideas. But at least it's some. Because sometimes when I go to sometimes fashion events, and maybe you're you you you're more better in this, um, people always have an all or nothing approach. Like, oh, well, it's not made of hemp and it's not, you know, made from this artisan and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, but can we, I do believe in small... St- small steps and changes and gradual change um if you can't do a 100 percent five percent or 10 percent or 50 percent is better than zero um so i'm just wondering do you give that type of options to your your clients if they can't go 100 percent you know 100 percent you know can they have options like a sliding scale so they don't feel as guilty (laughs) if they can't fulfill i I think with
1: flowers it it's a little bit easier like there where there are lots of things we can do in the floral industry that perhaps aren't traditional but we can switch to more sustainable without necessarily a price hike. Yes. So there are lots of, but it's it's just about making florists aware of that sort of thing. So it's probably, they're not so constrained by budget but definitely um, we when we were moving towards sustainable, because I didn't know all these different materials were out Mm. there uh we went in very small steps so we started very traditionally we started I hate to say it but we're using floral foam which I don't really like and it's not great for the environment but everybody was using it and then the more we researched it we found other things we could use like coir matting um all sorts of different ways of you know chicken wiring and all sorts of different Mm. ways of your flowers mm. without using this floral foam. But again, mm-hmm. it's taken us a few years to get there, but you have to start one step at a time because at the start we'd invested a lot into traditional materials and we wouldn't have had the budget to buy up all these new ones, uh, that we need to be more sustainable. So we did it in small steps and and I think in the fashion industry definitely offering small changes here and there, um, it will eventually drive a bigger demand and then things will then the supply chain I think will naturally become more sustainable as people ask for it more but mm. you're right we if we ask for everything at the start it then becomes impossible and like you say then people won't do it at all then so, mm-hmm. um, I think the best way is to say look we've tried here and here and beyond that you know it's very difficult to trace the supply chain but the more that you ask for it the more likely
0: these things are to happen thank you I'm going to take that line <laughs> I take that. You, you you say it so eloquently yeah, more more, um, more than I do, so I'm definitely going to listen to the wording and how, how you put that there. So the, one of the last things I wanted to ask you is what is the best testimonial or best client story you ever had recently? Ever had or recent? Yeah. Recently? I was can, I pick, can I pick one from a couple of years
1: ago? Yeah, oh, uh, whatever you want. I said best client story it's not a bad but it kind of we high-fived ourselves afterwards but we um were doing a wedding near Epping Forest and un- unloaded all our uh, flower arrangements they were quite large ones uh on onto the streets which we'd normally do in the loading bay mm-hmm. and I think one of the, c- one of the catering vans was reversing back into it wasn't looking and just rode over everything just destroyed all our arrangements and the wedding was in about three hours time and we were just like oh my god what we're gonna do you know obviously explain things to the bride um but she was again she really she chose a venue near epping forest because she really wanted it to look green and great and um we Somehow found a local kind of landowner in the area who who owns part of the forest, who said who allowed us, you know, within the space of an hour to go and take some bits because we explained it was an emergency in a wedding, the bride going to be very upset. So we ended up sort of uh, cutting down parts of the forest, <laughs> uh, which is possibly not that sustainable, but we did manage to get her some beautiful arrangements and just a bit completely different style, natural, all the way down the table center, all the way up. The which actually i think looked more beautiful than the ones that she picked originally it just looked like you'd walked into a kind of uh woodland wonderland um and after that i just thought i would just and she was just just uh, amazed because she i think she was really sort of resigned to the fact she was going to walk down the aisle to no flowers um and a very kind of drab looking venue um and i think she was she gave us quite a glowing testimonial because within about three hours we had managed to put something together and find someone who's willing us to uh for a very small fee allow us um to use some foliage from their garden and all sorts of things. So yeah, so she gave us quite a glowing testimonial for that and I, I think for us that was a real example mm. of being able to think think on our feet and try and get something for the client.
0: Mm wow it's you know thinking on your feet sometimes business doesn't always go where you wanted but to think on no, your feet and, and go never, over never beyond
1: near a catering van ever again,
0: oh god <laughs> you know I, it, it just sounds like the testament of um how you know like how you work like always thinking about the client always thinking on on your feet and just trying to give as best value and a memorable, a memorable experience for us, it's,
1: really, I mean, so, it's not you know um it's never too late to try and do something extra. And, you know, it's not over till it's over with anything, really. There's always, I think there's always a solution.
0: OK, so on that note, where do people find you? Obviously, we gonna put things in the show notes, but where do people find you?
1: Yeah, so most of our, uh, all our recent work definitely is on Instagram. That's mm-hmm. something we update regularly. Uh, we've got a website, so wwwtilper readycom mm-hmm. uh, And we're also on Facebook. But definitely, I'd say uh, all our stuff comes up, all the recent stuff and all our day-to-day activities and what the team are doing, that all comes up on Instagram. So it's probably the best place.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you for being on this podcast. Great for oh, you. Thank
1: you, Cassandra. Pleasure. Pleasure. No, Lovely
0: speaking to you. No worries. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Black Creative Handbook, your handbook for success, the manual, what you need to get there. Keep on working with us. Please share, comment, rate us. Just help us out. We help you, you help us, we're a family. Speak soon, next time, same time, next week. Show everybody love.